Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. Last week, the music we listened to focused a little on the reflective and slightly melancholy. So now, in the time-honoured phrase, for something completely different. A few pieces which are likely, if not to actually get you dancing, certainly put a spring in your step. The music to the comic ballet La Fille Malgardée, The Wayward Daughter, now one of the most frequently performed in the repertoire, has been set to music by about half a dozen composers over the years, the most famous of whom was Ferdinand Herold, a Frenchman born in the last decade of the 18th century and surviving only 33 years into the next. Little else of his music is performed nowadays, so he's another, I'm afraid, who slips into the one-hit wonder category. And within the ballet, the clog dance can almost be labelled the same way. But it's a jolly piece to set us off, here played by the Liverpool Philharmonic, conducted by Barry Wordsworth. weeks ago I played what I know was for some of you your first hearing of the music of Richard Wagner when we heard the prelude to the first act of his opera Lohengrin. I'm going to stick with the same opera now and play you the prelude to the third act. The music here could hardly be of greater contrast to the prelude to act one which you might remember as being ethereal and heavenly in nature. Wagner stressing that 
in his extensive use of the strings. Lohengrin is a knight of the Holy Grail, who has come to rescue Elsa in a dispute about the rightful heir to the throne. Just like all good stories, such as the water sprite Rusalka, which we also heard about on a recent podcast, the rescue comes with a condition, namely that she cannot ask his real identity. Given that she's about to marry him, you might think that's not an unreasonable thing to know. But his detractors sow enough uncertainty in Elsa's mind that she just can't resist. It's a fatal mistake. Lohengrin must return home on revealing his identity, and, in what some may think as something of an overreaction, Elsa drops dead in grief. This piece is often played as an encore, and the chances are that you may well know it. But I wonder if you know what it's all about. These few minutes represent the wedding party itself, before Lohengrin leads Elsa into the bridal chamber. I sometimes wonder, if the music had been written by a woman, whether it might have shown a little more restraint, even trepidation. Listen out for that second theme, which comes in almost immediately, with four notes on the brass, and how they are repeated, each repetition rising by a few notes, a musical third to be precise, all adding to this sense of excitement and anticipation. It's a few minutes of relentlessly joyful music, and the second theme I was talking about caused Berlioz to comment, nothing comparable to this can perhaps be found in all music for grandiose vigour, force and brilliancy. Launched forth by the brass instruments in unison, and then going on to likening the strong beats at the beginning of the phrases to cannon shots which make the listener's breast quake. By the way, a little trivia for you. The famous bridal chorus, which we now all know as Here Comes the Bride, actually comes after the ceremony. I'm not sure whose idea it was to use it as we do now, but it's one of those habits which has just stuck over the years. The prelude to Act 3 of Wagner's Lohengrin is played here by the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Giuseppe Sinopoli.
The suite from Richard Strauss's opera Der Rosenkavalier is nearly 25 minutes, but to cut it is almost a crime. So we're going to listen to it in full now. I'll try and keep this brief, but I think you'll enjoy it that much more if I make some sort of a stab at guiding you through the music. The suite opens in the same way as the opera. The young Octavian, sung by a mezzo-soprano to emphasise his youth, is having an affair with an older lady, the Marshalin, whose distinguished military husband is never around. We join them just as they have finished doing what people have an affair do, so it's a good job that the curtain doesn't go up any earlier. They're now, shall we say, in a state of some relaxation. Moving on, her cousin, Baron Ox, wants to marry a young girl called Sophie and sends off Octavian to make a proposal on his behalf with the presentation of a silver rose. That plan doesn't quite work because they fall in love with each other on first sight. And about four and a half minutes into the piece, you get these few minutes of tender music reflecting that moment, the cascading tune being the leitmotif of the rose. Followed by a brief outburst of anger as the scene has been witnessed by a couple of maids who report it to the Baron. The music doesn't strictly follow the chronology of the opera, because at this point it reverts to an earlier triumphant waltz, and what a fabulous tune it is, with lots of Strauss's hallmark rich and luscious harmonies. This in turn leads us to the brief but expansive passage which heralds the arrival of the final melody of the trio, when everyone accepts the right and inevitable outcome. The Marshalin graciously accepts that love and age don't always go together, and the Baron has to accept that Sophie and Octavian have eyes only for each other. The beginning of this heavenly trio is marked by a solo trumpet, picked up by a solo violin. Strauss really holds back here. He knows what's coming in the music, but doesn't want to give it away too soon. This is the lovely thing about his music. It squeezes the pips over and over and over again, but he always gives us what we want. We just have to be patient, because the wait is so worth it, with an ecstatic climax on the brass. It's a glorious moment, which subsides to the original theme, before returning to this most joyous of waltzes, with chords and orchestration you wouldn't think possible of evoking such ebullience. So we started a day with a fairly simple clock dance, and we're finishing it with some of the richest waltz music you're ever likely to hear. The suite for Richard Strauss's most popular opera, Der Rosenkavalier, is played here by the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by André Previn.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you. So please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below.